Hello everybody, this is Chris from CSS Tricks with video screencast number 66, where we're going to kind of continue where we left off. Well, that's not true. We're going to, this is going to be like table styling part two. Remember a few weeks ago we did um, some stuff uh, about styling CSS basically for tables and we took uh, the sign up or the, the, the features form from Are My Sites Up and we just kind of drop that data in and I showed you some some basic tips and pointers for making a table kind of look nice. And then at the end we did a quick little thing about how to do row highlighting with jQuery. Well the tricks that we're going to show you this time, kind of unrelated, we're going to kind of start from scratch. We're not really even going to use any data. I couldn't find any really good data for this, but we're going <clears> to <throat> pretend like we have so much data in a table that there's scrolling for the table. So we're going to take the, the header for the table and, and fix it, put it in a fixed position. So when you scroll up and down on the table, the, the header stays the same. So you could, you know, reference the data that's that's scrolling by. Uh, uh, the header stays the same, but the data scrolls by. And then we're going to do row highlighting in, but we're going to do row and column highlighting and show you kind of how we're going to pull that off in the HTML and CSS and, and jQuery that are required to do all of that. So just some kind of some table tricks. I don't know. Maybe we'll call it that. Maybe we'll call it table styling part two. I don't know. I haven't decided yet. <clears throat> so what I have here is a URL where I'm going to be working live uh, at fixed table header, for lack of a better word, that has no, nothing in it whatsoever, and a project area set up here in Coda where I have an index.html file. We're going to be going to write the markup for the table. We have a CSS. So in this markup, you know, you know, we call the style sheet, call the the JavaScript file, and have an empty page wrap, and that's about it. In the CSS file. Uh, we have a quick reset, quick uh, thing to set up the font that we want to use, even though we're not even going to use any fonts, and a page wrap set up with a width of 600 pixels, and uh, some basically empty JavaScript file. All we have here is a little wrapper for, you know, when the DOM is ready, you know, for jQuery. The only thing that I cheated a little bit and prepared ahead of time was in Photoshop... I created the header that I intend to use for the fixed positioning. Let me pull things in a little bit so I can see a little bit of my desktop. I open the Photoshop file. This is the table header that I thought I'd just prepare ahead of time quickly. Uh, this will be a five-column table, and it has a little bit of a drop shadow underneath it, so it kind of you know makes sense like the table rows are disappearing underneath of it when we scroll. So I've already saved out a transparent PNG of this file and uploaded it into the project folder in the images folder. And I'll throw the PSD in there too for the download in case you want to use that or alter it in some way. So that's the only thing that I've prepared ahead of time a little bit. Everything else we're going to write from scratch. So <clears throat> I again asked you a few weeks ago whether you guys like it if I do this, you know, prepare all the code ahead of time and and kind of talk the way through it so I can cover more ground or write the code from scratch. And it was about 50-50 on what you guys kind of prefer that I do. So I'm going to just gonna do a little of both, do whatever I kind of feel like. Um, um, last time we basically looked at code mostly. This time we're going to write everything from scratch, at least mostly. So what I need is a bunch of table markup. And I don't, I'm not going to fill it all in with data. I just need the markup for a table. And so whenever I am in that position, I always think of this uh, Kotas. I don't, 
I, I think I go, <laughs> I end up, what I do is I Google table markup CSS guy. The ask the CSS guy has this little thing he put together, Kotasu or whatever, <clears throat> that is, you know, JavaScript based. And I can just pick, uh, this is going to be a five column table. I just click this button a few times. I'm just going to click add a row a whole bunch of times. We want a whole bunch of rows because the goal is that we're like pretending we have this table that's so big that it's going to scroll a bunch. And then I hit generate HTML and scroll down to the bottom and copy it. And it just gives us markup for a table. So I don't have to write it all by hand. And I'll just copy it and I'll paste it into our page wrap over here and tab it in nicely. So we have some table markup to roll with. Um, and we need to, let's style these things a little bit. So we have a table. We're going to want, uh, what I want to have is, is like a, a, a thin gray line around every table cell. So in order to do that, we'll have to set the, uh, the border collapse. Border collapse. Collapse. So those borders kind of lay on top of each other. And each table cell will have that border. Border, pick solid, a light gray color. If we reload the page now, you'll see like a little gray block probably. Yeah, like because none of these, there's no content in any of these cells. They don't have any padding or margin on them. And all they have is a border that collapses. So there's uh, that's the way that is. And the table is only as wide as it needs to be. So let's just add a couple more quick lines of CSS to, um, to flesh out this table. First, we want the table to be definitely as wide as the content area there is. And we'll just put some padding on these cells to get them to flesh out a little bit. Now if I reload the page, yeah, I should have a proper grid of tables. And it's tall enough that I need to scroll so that when we do this simulated header effect thing, you'll be able to see that. So one thing this code doesn't give us, though, is a proper table header. That, uh, to do most semantically, is this uh, t-head section, which is going to be important for a couple of reasons. You don't always need this, but a couple of plugins require it. It's the semantic thing to do, and we're going to use it for one other important reason. And instead of TDs, they're THs usually in table headers, right? The thing about table cells is, you know, if we want to have this, this fixed position header at the top of our table, there's a CSS property for that, position fixed. You cannot use that on table cells. You can't use absolute positioning on table cells. You can't even use relative positioning on table cells. It just won't take them at all. It just will ignore them. But you can use it on, on a block-like section of a table, like the T-head section. So that's what we're going to We're gonna use that T-head section to apply a background image to it and fix the position of it to accomplish this fact. So we're both doing it semantically and... We're, we're kind of exploiting it to, to use for our own devices. So that T-head, let's style that quickly. T-head. Now I have that image that I prepared ahead of time. So it's we're going to make sure that it has a width of 100%, which normally we wouldn't need to set because it already is that. But we're going to make it position fixed, which will uh, need that width of 100% then because otherwise it would kind of squish down and... There's a height of 109 pixels, I remember, from creating it. And background of images, header.ping. 
we wouldn't really need to make it no repeating. Since the box size should be exactly the size of the image, but, you know, just for good measure, of course, we don't want it to repeat, so I'll throw that in there. Now, if I hit save, now, the position of fixed is going to rely on, so what's the parent element of the T-head? It's the table in this case. How's this going to work? Some things, a couple things might need relative positioning for this to work. Let's just check out and see what happens, though. Maybe it will be fine. Yeah, that's that should be fine. So it's it's it knows to use the table, its parent table. It's you know sometimes with fixed positioning it's a little funky and you got to make sure the proper things have what they need. Let's open up Firebug though and see where the table actually starts. Uh, the, or the body, the body is way up at the top, and then the T head is so the the table header right now is overlapping a whole bunch of content. So let's make sure that we push the T body down. How are we gonna do that to 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 make sure that none of the uh, the content gets overwritten? Hmm. I wonder if it will take a you know this is kind of an experiment to me. I wonder if it will take a top margin value and just push it down. My kind of theory is that it won't, but maybe it will. Nah, it's not really it's not really taking a top margin. Maybe the T body will take position relative though. I hadn't really This is what you get when I'm when I'm coding uh coding from scratch for y'all. It doesn't want to deal with that either. Whoa. That was funky. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> We're going to push the whole table down. Maybe that will work. The, if we push the whole table down, the fixed positioning should still hang out on top. The table will definitely take some margin. Now, I wonder if this will push down the table header or not, though. But even if it does, we can just yank it back up. Yeah, pushed everything down there. So maybe we'll make the top for the T-head instead of... Oops, we'll put top zero. Now, will it need zero or will it need negative? Oh, that worked. So the top is zero. <clears throat> And we still have the fixed positioning effect, and we're not covering any data. That was the goal here, is we didn't want to have hidden junk up here, obviously. Okay, so now what we need to do is get these, um, obviously we have one wide row and then four equal width uh, slimmer rows. So let's get that those lining up as the first thing, and which will introduce a concept that we probably should have introduced last time, which is this call group HTML element. Okay, what call group is, this is what we're introducing, this HTML element call group. There's five columns, so we're going to need five call group attributes, and they, 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 they kind of control any table cell that falls within that call group, even though they don't wrap the HTML elements, which you'll see. <clears throat> they still control them. It's a little weird. So there's the call group, and we'll make five of them. <clears throat> And then what we need, what we're trying to do is slim up those last four. So we're going to apply a class name, a common class name to the last four of these, 
which will uh, allow us to target. Uh, I'll just call it slim. You know, I don't know how semantic that is, but that's that's kind of you know, I'm trying to slim up those last four. <clears throat> allow us to target all those last four rows and apply a width. So let's you know, slim doesn't do anything by itself. Of course, we'll make a, a CSS class called slim, and we'll make it like width of. 80 pixels or something and you'll see that when we reload this page over here it's gonna it's gonna do what it says on the box you know it's gonna slim up those last four columns kind of it's kind of weird it's, it's a little unintuitive how it doesn't wrap those columns but yet it still controls them a little strange that way but that's how it works we'll use firebug to target one of the columns then and we'll actually target the call group and we'll adjust this width so we get it just exactly perfect 88 pixels so I'll go back into code and change that to 88 and now we have a nice lining up table and we're gonna use those call groups later too so so we've done 50% of what we wanted to do we have a table header that's that's semantic yet stays in position as you scroll so that can be kind of useful and now the other trick I'm gonna show you is is doing row highlighting which is easy and everybody does row highlighting. We can even do row highlighting with CSS, but we're going to do a kind of an all jQuery kind of bonanza here. We're going to do column highlighting as well, which is a little more tricky, but we can get it done. And it does make it easier that we're using those call groups. We're going to we're going to exploit those call groups a little bit. So, let's do the row highlighting first because that's easy. So, when the DOM is ready, basically what we want to do is it, is attach a um uh uh uh, uh a hover event to every single table row and we're gonna we could attach a hover event on the table rows themselves but since we're gonna we already know ahead of time that we're gonna we're attempting to do both row and column highlighting let's attach this event to every single table cell so in order to target every table cell it's a selector just like CSS the, you know that's the beauty of jQuery They're so designer friendly because the selectors are exactly the same that's their CSS 3 and we're going to have a hover event, so dot hover, and then on that hover event, we're going to fire off a function. That's for the hover event, and then hover has a callback function, another function, which is basically unhover, or basically the mouse out function. This is basically mouse over and mouse out. That's what hover does for us. When <clears throat> on a hover event, what we're trying to do is apply a class name to the table row. Uh, that class name we'll use to apply the background color and make it look like we're doing some row highlighting. So what we need to do is not, not apply the class to the table cell itself, the TD, but to the TR that's its parent. So this, its parent, just a little, just a little something right there is something that, that <clears throat> CSS doesn't do very well or at all. Uh, we're going to add a class of hover. And then when we mouse out, we're going to do the exact same thing, but we're going to remove that class instead of add it. Save. Now, hover doesn't do anything itself. Just like slim, we'll have to make a class hover with a background color. Uh, we'll use a very light gray that hopefully you'll be able to see in the screencast. As I reload the page, that should instantly make row highlighting a reality. Look at that. If we look at the DOM and inspect as we roll over, it's uh, funky. 
There we go. As we roll over these, you can see down there in Firebug, as we roll over these table cells that that hover class gets applied and removed, just like we told it to do. What we need to do, though, is, is, is do the same thing with those call group attributes. We need to apply that hover class to the appropriate column as, as we do this. But how are we going to do that? How, how do we know which column any particular cell is a part of? And that's kind of, you know, a little bit of the challenge of what's going on here. What we're going to do is, 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 is apply some attribute to the table cells that, that right from the get-go, the, when the JavaScript first runs, uh, that identifies what column it's in. Have it figure it out. Um, and we're going to do that by running an each function, td each, which means run this function on every single table cell. What I want to do is take this and add an attribute. We'll use rel as kind of like the generic kind of use this for data kind of thing. We could probably use the data function too now that I'm thinking about it. Let's just roll with this though. And we're going to set that value to something. I We'll make it call plus i. We're trying to kind of number these things, but what is i? We'll set i is equal to 1. So it'll make call 1, call 1, call 1, but instead we'll increment that i value every single time. So every single table cell on this whole table we'll have, see, column 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and the next one should be 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. So we don't want that to happen. I mean, these are accurate. Column 1, column 2, column 3, column 4, column 5. What we want to do is reset that on the next row to be 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 again. So what we'll do just for now is we'll kind of, uh, if, I, if I equals 6, we'll reset I to 1 just as a stopgap. Reload, and now each table row has 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. Let's just stick with that for a moment and look at, now we know which column, but, 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 the, but how do we match that column number with the proper call group? Well, let's add IDs to these. Just again, as a, we'll, we'll go in and make this smarter at the end real quick but for now let's let's match let's have that that rel attribute match the id attribute of these call groups one two three four five okay so again w when a table cell is being rolled over let's grab that rel attribute that's a part of that cell that's being rolled over, match it to the call group, and apply that hover class to the call group itself. You follow me there? You'll see in just a moment, uh, we're new variable, uh, current call, cur call, current column equals this. Now we've used this twice, so we should technically cache the this, uh, which we won't do this second. Uh, attribute rel. And then so now we have, you know, when you roll over a particular cell, it's going to have a rel attribute of like call one. So what that call one matches that ID attribute. So let's target base with that. Uh, uh, it's an ID plus cur call. 
That's going to get us the current column as a jQuery selector. Ugh. I'm just finding out now, days later, that the end of this movie was clipped off and lost, so I'm attempting to pick up here where we left off. Sorry for any weird continuity breaks. It looks like where we are was attempting to put in the column highlighting. So when you roll over a certain cell, it grabs the rel attribute off of that cell, and we had set up the rel attribute to kind of signify what column it's in. So then we'll target the column with that rel attribute, and we will add a class the same class we used for row highlighting, hover. And then in the callback function, we will do the very same thing, only remove that class. So if I save that and jump back over to the demo, hopefully column highlighting will be working. which it's not. Let me try another hard refresh. Something went wrong, of course, during this time. Let's troubleshoot it a little bit. One thing that you can always do while you're doing this is to, to uh, uh, use the console.log function to output a variable so you can make sure that it's the 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 value that you think it is so when we hover over it we're trying to get the rel attribute let's see if it's if it's doing that part properly so we can pop open firebug in the console section and as we roll over it call one two three four it's outputting the correct column as we roll over which is nice so why isn't it actually getting highlighted? I'm not sure. And then we target. <laughs> Add a class of hover. Seems like that should be going okay. Let's look at the markup. Oh, I think I, because of the, this was done, I forgot to remove these. Or I had already removed the IDs that we had manually put in here, right? Call one. Let's see, let me, let me verify that's the case for sure. Yeah, these don't have any IDs on them because I have already removed them in the future. This is getting a little confusing, huh? What we're going to do ultimately is do apply those dynamically so that... Uh, we don't have to have them in the markup in case the markup changes in the future. We're gonna we're gonna do things a little smarter and do it a little more future proofy. But let's see now that those have IDs and they're getting targeted by IDs. This row and column highlighting should be working. I believe this will be the first time that you've seen it working. Hooray! Um, but let's, so what we were doing there before, why it wasn't working is because we didn't have any of these IDs in here. Let's remove them all and instead do it a smarter way and apply those IDs right in the code itself. So jump over to code uh, into our JavaScript. And how we're going to do this is we're going to, we're going to start at zero. 
and then we're going to loop through with the same each function that we we used uh, later to to you know what, what we're using right here to to loop through each table cell. We're going to loop through each call group. And while we're looping through each call group, first thing we'll do is in increment the the i variable. We're just we're starting at zero and incrementing first, so that when we're done with this function, we know the exact number. I will represent the exact number of call groups. It's just a easier way to do it. So on <clears throat> this, we're going to apply an attribute of id with a value of call plus that i. So then when we're done with this function, we'll know that the total columns is equal to this i variable. Then when we're looping through the table cells, instead of stopping at this hard-coded value of 5, we can stop at the value of total columns. So let me save this, and we will remove our uh, console.log can make ie choke. So we'll make sure that we don't have any calls like that in the final JavaScript. Let's hit save and jump back out. And we shouldn't see any behavioral differences, I hope. Yeah, that works. But you see these IDs are, st are, are still properly applied to the call groups so that they have their correct values, but they're being dynamically applied that way later down the road. If we were to add a sixth column right in the markup, we wouldn't have to change any of the JavaScript. The JavaScript just stays the way it is, and it will adapt to that sixth column just fine. So that's about all I wanted to show. I think that, you know, a fixed table header using the correct, you know, semantic kind of way to do it, and then row highlighting and column highlighting in a table. So that's the final demo. I'll have a link to the live demo as well as downloads for all these files when it attaches to the thing. So that's it for this week's. I may miss a week or two in there as I'm moving pretty soon from Portland here to Chicago. So, uh, but, you know, bear with me. I'll get my studio back set up and hopefully won't miss uh, too many weeks there for the next one. See you later, folks. Goodbye.